And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for this special report. I'm Cole Johnson of Cole Sports, and this is your Why Not Sports short. All right, for all my sports fans, for everybody in Houston, for my podcasters, I got another great episode as we end and close this year off. I'm truly excited. I have this gentleman, Mr. Robert Land, the host of the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, as well as the Locked on Texans Podcast, and want to give a shout-out to, I consider my brother now, Brother Cody Rourke from Locked on Broncos out there in Colorado, who definitely recommended me to reach out, and here we are today. So, welcome to Why Not Sports. Mr. Land. How you doing? Happy holidays to everybody out there listening. And uh, yeah, I, I host the Houston Sports Talk podcast and, and Locked On Texans Houston Sports Talk. More of a, a weekly podcast talking Astros, Rockets, Texans, everything going on in Houston sports, even Cougars and some of the college teams as well. And, mm-hmm. and Locked On Texans, we're daily. Uh, it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, you talk to Cody and I'm sure you know from Cody uh, with Locked On Broncos that there's one for Every NFL, NBA team, almost uh, every Major League Baseball team is coming on board as well, uh, college sports. And uh, we all do this about four to five days a week. And, you know, you get these nice little 30-minute shows. So, you know, on your way to work, you love your team and you want to hear what the latest is going on, interviews, uh, news, everything. We always introduce it as news, views, and interviews on Locked On Texans. But Mm. – it's been it's been a blast doing the, uh, both shows. Uh, Houston Sports Talk. I, I do it with my best friend from high school, and we've been doing it for, like I said, about five years. And the cool thing is, through that, we've gotten interviews with a lot of the old Astros, everybody from Morgan Ensberg and Adam Everett to J.R. Richard and Jimmy Wynn and Bob Aspermani and the broadcasters. And we've we've got some players. We were on the radio for a year, so we got some credentials. Talk to everybody from George Springer to Jose Altuve to uh, Dallas Keuchel and all those guys. So it's been a blast, especially with as fun as these Houston sports teams are right now. I mean, man, it's, it's a great time to be a Houston sports fan. You just have these exceptional athletes everywhere. You know, James Harden, uh, Chris Paul, when he's got his hamstrings working, or yeah. is great. And you know, I mean, JJ Watts, a once in a lifetime guy. DeAndre Hopkins looks like he could be that too. Deshaun Watson. Yes. I mean, the list goes on. Springer, Altuve, Bregman. It just, yeah. it's the list goes on and on. Correa, uh, Verlander. It's ridiculous right now. It's it's a riches the it's a rich time in Houston sports history. 
Yes, it is. And for those listeners that was wondering about your best friend and the co-host with you, that's Mr. Brian Patterson, right? Uh, Brian Patterson does the Locked On Texans with me. He's the uh, runner. He runs House of Houston. If those of you who know HouseofHouston.com, my best friend who does uh, Houston Sports Talk with me is uh, RG Seal. There you go. And he lives out in L.A. We went to high school together, but you know he knows his uh, Houston sports. I mean, he grew up die 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 hard fan. And and just to give my background. Uh, you know, I, I'm just not somebody that just, oh, I want I love Houston sports. I'm going to start a podcast <laughs> there. You know, I, I know there's a lot of those guys out there, but it, you got to note that, uh, I've been doing this for 26 years. I've been in, in sports, uh, broadcasting and sports producing and sports shooting. I worked, uh, at the NBC and WB and Little Rock. I work at the CBS as sports videographer and editor, in Memphis. And then I came back to Houston. I've mostly produced high school sports shows, but I've done a lot of freelance work for Fox sports Southwest, uh, with Astros and rockets and Texans. And also, uh, you know, I've done some reporting for the high school spotlight show, uh, on, uh, Fox sports, uh, Southwest, the statewide show. And I, right now I do producing for inside high school sports, which runs eight 30 Saturday mornings on channel 11 in Houston, you know, just, uh, Finished up with uh, the football state playoffs, and it was incredible this year. So just, you know, I, I'm all over the place, and, you know, I've covered Super Bowls. Uh, I was at the Rams-Titans Super Bowl. I was on the field. Isaac Bruce uh, was running at me in the corner of the end zone with the winning <laughs> touchdown. Yes. Uh, I was at the Super Bowl in Houston back in 2004, and I was in the bowels of the stadium. I was in uh, kind of – the the hall sort of like the hallway the vomitorium that runs around the stadium and I'm looking for people at halftime just you know because I have I don't have anything to do with uh, the the freelance work I was doing at the time so I'm like who can I see and I turned to my right and just as she's turning and walking into the stadium for her halftime performance it was Janet Jack. <laughs> And I think you remember what happened. After. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There's another gentleman named uh, JT that was involved with that as well. So, no, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes, sir. That's it was so much fun, sports. man. Just to, to go to the Super Bowl a couple of times, it's not. About, it's sometimes not even about the game. It's just like you, you just wonder who you're going to run into. I mean, I you know, talked with Maria Menounos, and if you're a Letterman fan, I had a conversation with Biff Henderson uh, who was, uh, you know, ran behind the scenes, but he would be on the show occasionally for, for bits over the years and, you know, got a chance to, you know, see P Diddy walk in the stadium. And I saw kid rock racing around in a golf cart. And I mean, it, it was just, it's crazy when you go to a Super Bowl because you just never know what you're going to see or what's going to happen. And it, it, you know, the, the Janet Jackson thing, you, you, you're driving home and you're like, you know, when you're at the stadium, you have no idea. And you're right. at, driving home, and you're like, wait, what happened to Janet Jackson? <laughs> right. <laughs> and this was before Twitter, of course, right, you know, when that happened. Right, so you right. can't just check Twitter like, oh, well, look at that. Look what happened. But, yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> yes, indeed. And if you can, Robert, if you could just let people know, like you said, you've been doing it for over 20-plus years. What got you into it, though? Was it, you know, a parent? Was it just something that someone that you heard was like got you motivated or interested in becoming more of a sports talk host? 
Well, the thing for me that got me into sport, I mean, I've been do, been interested since I was five years old. I, I grew up in Houston. I'm 47 years old. So when I was seven, eight years old, Love You Blue was happening. And mm. the Astros and J.R. Richard and Nolan Ryan get signed when I was a kid. And, you know, they were in the playoffs in 1980, had one of the great series of all time against the Phillies. So, I mean, but when Love You Blue happens when you're seven and eight years old, when you're nine years old or maybe eight and a half uh, you, you turn on the Olympics and there's the miracle on ice. I mean, you can't help but just fall in love with sports. And, you know, to me, I was already getting into it when I was five from what my relatives say. I mean, I, I, I was uh, quoting stats and, and, and knew all that <laughs> stuff. So, I mean, I was a junkie and uh, I always was interested in sports talk. So the podcast stuff is it's been a really cool thing because, you know, it's real hard to kick the door in if you want to host a radio show or something like that. And and that's something that uh, I knew was going to be kind of difficult in the right set of circumstances. But the, the podcast thing opening up for me was great because when I was in high school, you know, most high school kids are listening to, I guess, rock and whatever else is whatever music they want to on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to sports talk shows and I'm <laughs> listening to the games and all that. I mean, I, I love that from, you know, from high school. And that was back in the eighties and probably not the, the, the most normal thing to do for a high school kid, but I'm here in Houston and you know, I want to hear what's going on with Warren moon and, Mm -hmm. uh, the dream Akeem Olajuwon and Mm -hmm. and everything that's happening, uh, surrounding those teams. So, you know, to me, it just was great to, to get involved with the podcast and, and you, you feel like, you know, as you know, from this show, you get to talk to people and, and, and there's this, uh, there's an independence to it. You you can say what you want because nobody's you don't have to worry about necessarily uh, you know your bosses or whatever. So this has been, <laughs> right. it's been really fun to do all this kind of stuff. Right, right. And again, I want to say this to the world as well as you. Thank you very much for taking your time out of your schedule so we can collaborate, um, represent Houston as what we do, and talk sports. Talk and I know my listeners. They're like, okay, okay, Murph, we ready. We want to hear what you guys got to say. Um, they, they know I'm a basketball fan first, the Rockets, but we can talk Astros, the the University of Houston, their men's basketball team doing good. So I, I'm open as well, but I, I guess I want to go with baseball because that their season is over with. They were world champions last year. This year they came short. What are your thoughts on the Astros and what they did for the city the past couple of years? Also, the impact they had as um, far as positively connecting to the city doing Harvey. And what does it look like, in your opinion, for next season? Oh, brother. I mean, let's. where do I begin? You're talking about the, the championship last year. And, and we did post games after every single one of the games that World Series run. We we did it uh, practically the exact same thing this year as they were going through the playoffs. And after that last show, that last post game, uh, the game seven of the World Series, I, I I couldn't help but get choked up. You know, to be in, te- I was in tears because you know what the city had gone through, and for the Astros after all these years to finally win a championship uh, was so special. But also because. I love those guys. I mean, I got a chance to talk to a lot of those guys uh, through the podcast. And at, at one point, we were on the radio for a year. So I, I got a chance to talk with George Springer. And I got a chance to talk with Carlos Correa and Will, even Will Harris and, and all these guys. And they were such quality 
guys, uh, one of the, my favorite teams I've ever been around. But, you know, just talking about George Springer in particular, let's start with him because maybe my favorite athlete of all time to just get to know and to see what he's been able to do, you know, to overcome uh, what he over, over overcame with stuttering and to be just extraordinary in the World Series after there was all the criticism of him, you know, struggling in the game one. We, you know, maybe you take him out of the lineup, you move him down in the lineup right. and to see what he was able to do. But, you know, for the city of Houston to, to have it happen the way it did um, when the city needed it most and for them to finally win a World Series and with what I thought was a bunch of really great people. You know, one of the things that drives me crazy, and, and I don't know what you think about this, Derek, but I can't stand it when fans say, you know, I don't care if the guy, you know, he's beaten this person or, you know, he's got some mark against him, against the law, you know, what he's done against the law or whatever. I don't care. You know, we got to win games. And why are they not, why are they just worrying about having good guys? And that's been a big criticism with the Texans. Mm. And, and, and Drayton McClain took some criticism because it was all about, you know, winning with good guys and stuff like that. But, you know, you wouldn't want your kids to, you know, follow these bad guys. Why right. would you want that? And to me, sports is about feeling good. Right. It's about you know having guys that you want to be uh, heroes and idols for you or your kids or your family or whatever. And why would you want that? I mean, are you the person that goes over to the courthouse and you're cheering on the murderer as he gets off or whatever? I mean, right. I, I, can I see don't that know what. Point. I don't know what the the deal is with that philosophy, but as somebody that goes out there and covers these guys, I don't want to deal with the jerk, the the Brett Myers or the Jeff Kent's of the world that you know they they didn't handle stuff in the clubhouse really well, and then with Brett Myers, it went way beyond that. But mm -hmm. you know when you look at uh, that type of stuff, I mean the Astros they had a bunch of great guys, and it was mm -hmm. disappointing when they made the deal for the for Osuna this year. And that was frustrating, and my heart wasn't in it quite as much as it was the previous year. But, um, yeah, when they won last year, it, it was really special because, I mean, to go from a city that was drowning in water to a city that was drowning in confetti, it was something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 like you said, that really – it really helped the city out cope with, of course, Harvey and showed a lot of unity. So with them bringing – the championship to our city was definitely a, a huge boost and uh and and our just attitude as a whole so yes indeed shout out to the Astros but to answer your question though regarding like like you said the good guy bad guy image for me personally i i do agree with you but I believe there are times where owners, based on my observation, might bring in that bad guy, quote unquote, depending on there are levels and tiers, just to maybe add toughness. Because like you said, when we grew up, we had the bad boys, quote unquote, right? The Bill Ambeers, um, uh, Rick Mahorn, and they had that 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 feistiness about them or just that that mentality like, hey, we're going to make sure – you know you played us. And I think sometimes some owners might do that if they teams are being considered soft. But you can find those guys that didn't have things that they've done against the law. I mean, J.J. Watt is tough. 
uh, PJ right. Tucker, uh, Pat Beverly. Uh, right. These guys are tough guys. I mean, there there's tough guys all over the place that don't have to be, uh, you know, just guys that are doing stuff uh, that you wouldn't want your kids to do and, and, and right. making uh, news that in ways that you wouldn't want your uh, friends and family to, to make and guys that you wouldn't want to hang out with in real life. I mean, that's, right. that's my issue with it. Right, right. And, and again, trust me, because I know my listeners and I can already hear they're like, OK, Murph, we just had to double check because I'm like you, because if you had your own team, and you were owner, yeah, you feel like whoever you bring on board is a representation of you and the clubhouse or the organization. So, yes, I agree 100%. If you would talk about, like, on-the-field stuff with the Astros, uh, off-season, uh, just, you know, I can tell you that they need to get a starting pitcher, I think. They still need to do that. I, I would like to see them get somebody at catcher that can hit the baseball a little bit. Mm. Uh, so I'd like to see them add that. But, uh, you know, overall, I mean, they're still in great shape. I mean, you yes. still got Verlander and Cole to start your rotation. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got a lot of good young pitchers. Uh, they have an extraordinary lineup right now. You add Michael Brantley, who's a several-time all-star, a 300 hitter to, you know, the Astros have four guys on the roster that are capable of going out there and winning MVP any given year with Altuve and Correa and uh, Springer and, you know, now Bregman. And you also have Yuli Gurriel, who's maybe the best clutch hitter in baseball when you look over the last two in his two years in baseball. It's, it's ridiculous. The clutch numbers that he's put up. Right. Uh, struggled a little bit in the, in the Red Sox series in the clutch. But, you know, you'd look during the regular season. Uh, some of the stuff that he did in the postseason last year. And then, you know, you add Tyler White, if he's going to be a regular part of the lineup. Mm -hmm. You know, that guy, he just rake. I don't care what level he's been in. He's raked. You know, he's going to, I think, be around 900 to 1,000 OPS when he starts getting in the lineup on a regular basis like he did this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that lineup is just flat out loaded. So just, you know, you might want to get another starting pitcher. And, and the big concern if you're the Astros is, you know, this right now, it's just really tough. Uh, the Red Sox have a great team. The Yankees have a great team. The, the American league is loaded. So you, you, <laughs> yeah. you just can't, you can't walk in, you know, you, you think you can walk into a, a, a with a knife to a gunfight and you, you can't do it with these guys. There's so many good teams out there. Right. Right. No, you, you're right. You are right. And just talking about American, it just remind me like the American league remind just gives me that question to talk about the Texans and the AFC and what are your thoughts? The best record that they've had, if not in history, in a long time, making a lot of noise in, in, in the football world, in the National Football League. Do you believe they are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? No, I can't say that with a straight face. Okay. Uh. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I live in Houston, but... I just don't see it. Not right. Not this year. It's the holiday season. So let me throw the positive spin on it. There you go. And, and, and just say that, you know, one thing that the Texans have never had is a quarterback that if you felt like you were in a big game, he could flat out go win you that game. Yes. And they have Deshaun Watson. Like fans could be upset. Well, you know, Bill O'Brien, I don't trust him. He's not that great of a coach. And, 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 and I get it, but 
Deshaun Watson gives you a fighting chance every time you go into a game. The Eagles game was perfect. This last game that they played. Yes. You know, Deshaun Watson's down by, you know, 12, 13 points. I think it was 13 points, final few minutes of the game. Leads you down the field for two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, you know, he's been really extraordinary over the last few games. I I still think there's some things that he can improve on, he can get better on. Um, But considering the fact that, their offensive line is below average. Um, what also kills them, and I, and I think this goes unnoticed by maybe the average fan, but it's not just the offensive line. Uh, they're not getting any blocking from the tight ends or the running backs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're pathetic as a group blocking for Deshaun. So he doesn't get any help, and you need help from those guys. I mean, right. you just can't – you're just saying, oh, well, the offensive line should do everything. That, that's not realistic, and there's going to be blitzers and stunts, and guys are going to have to pick stuff up and – and that's been a problem, uh, but considering what Deshaun Watson has got, and he's but he's also got you know DeAndre Hopkins. But the receiving core has been banged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the speed that they had is gone with Will Fuller and Kiki QT. They they right. now lose Demarius Thomas for right, the year. Right. So you know it, it, it's it's going to be difficult for him now. And then my big concern is you know you were getting really excited because the defense started off the year and they were uh-huh. bad, and then they started to gain momentum. They look like one of the best defenses, uh, DVOA football outsiders rankings, which are, uh, always, uh, pretty accurate, pretty interesting. They had them in the top eight to top 10 for most of the year. But the problem is their cornerbacks, they've all gone down. They're all old. They're banged up. I mean, that's a big problem. And, uh, if you've got a good quarterback and once you get into the playoffs, it's all good quarterbacks. Uh, the Texans are in a deep, deep trouble right now. And, I don't know what they do there. And the other problem is that J.J. Watt, he just doesn't look the same over the last three, four games. He was looking like a lot of the old J.J. Watt right. early in the year. He's never going to be the um, just all-out game-wrecking legend that he was <laughs> uh, a few years ago. The right. injuries and age right. and all that stuff caught up with him. But even a 80% J.J. Watt's better than you know 95% of the guys out there. But Absolutely. he just doesn't look like that guy right now. Right. Right, right, and and to your point with Demarius Thomas, they just signed him, just signed him to help for you know the wide receiver core. Now he got hurt, so it's like wow. Then to your point, Lamar Miller, he wasn't even a blocking running back when he was in Miami. So maybe on the flip side, that's why they brought Deshaun Watson almost a fin for himself because they know they have opportunities as far as blocking and making sure they support him without him getting hurt. But to your point, after a while, that's going to get old real quick. Yeah, they got they got some holes right now. Um, but, I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins and you got Deshaun Watson and you have some playmakers on defense. Uh, Clowney shows what he could do against the Eagles. And when he's on his game, uh, he's one of the best without question I like the linebacking core. I love the linebacking core to start the season. They haven't been playing as well. Uh, Bernard McKinney had a good game right. overall, but uh, I'm just not seeing some of the stuff that I've seen at times from Zach Cunningham or Whitney Merciless. And, and Whitney, I feel like, is just out of position with the tech. Like, they don't know right. what to do with Whitney right. Merciless. And to me, and I've mentioned it on my Locked On Texans podcast, the best thing that that they might be able to do with him in the offseason is deal him because I, I think it's money allocated in the wrong place. If you're not going to use him as a 
straight up edge rusher. And, you know, they've had him in coverage maybe 150, 160 times this year at least. And uh, that's not good. He's not a good coverage guy. You want him doing what he does best, and that's rushing the passer. But, you know, the defense has got the best safety group that they've ever had. Justin Reed, uh, he's maybe hitting the rookie wall a little bit. Hopefully mm-hmm. he can start tackling football players again like he was. <laughs> um, but that that's that's a positive. The, the problem, like I said, is the cornerback situation. And it just doesn't look like they can cover guys anymore, whether it's the cornerbacks or their zone defense looks like it's a Swiss cheese full of holes right now. So right. I, we'll see. I mean, maybe... Maybe they can get it turned around, and Romeo's a bright guy, so you know would love to see it. And and, and you do have Clowney and and JJ Watt. Hopefully, uh, gets healthier because he, he just like I said, I think there's something wrong there. He was he was listed as, as a, maybe questionable a couple of weeks ago, and I'm right. wondering if that's something that's lingering that they just don't want to talk about. Yeah, and just like us, we observing. I'm sure the opposing team and their administration and people that scout for them, they, they watching too. So they can say, hey, so-and-so banged up or they're day-to-day. They're going to use that to their advantage. So, But, yeah, I, I probably try to keep it quiet as much as I can anyway just to give us uh, a, a fighting chance. Um, Where is the passion for this team, though? Do you, fe- do you feel like there's just – when you walk around Houston, do you feel like anybody's excited after a team wins nine straight, 10 of 11 – you know, comes back from down 0-3 early in the year. One of the, I think they're going to be one of the four teams in history or something like that to make the play. You would think with all of that, with Deshaun Watson, with DeAndre Hopkins, with Watt, with Clowney, you got all these guys that are so much fun to watch on a weekly basis and a team that, you know, has kind of surprised everybody with the way right. they've shown resilience and come back this year. And, you know, it just seems like, well, so what? You know, they're not. We're not going to care until they get to the conference championship game or the Super Bowl. I mean, is that what people think of in sports? Like, it doesn't matter till you get to the Final Four. Like, who cares? Like, I, I just don't get that. That's a good question. So, based on my walks in in, in the states and in Houston, it's it's to your point. It's about what can you do. It's not based on what you're doing right now. It's not based on potential. It's based on history because where I work at and places I've been, the Cowboys still will get more support than the Houston Texans. It's just don't get me started on the Cowboys, I, I, but yeah, I, I, I mean, that, I get it. I'm just, I'm just, just I get answer it. your question because it's it's like you said they can say, "Hey, the Cowboys fans." In this case, they can say, "Hey, we've won championships. Hey, we have arguably." the best running back of all time or one of the best uh, tight ends and things like that, unlike the Texans. And I'm tr- this is what I'm hearing because I can definitely fight for the Texans as well. Andre Johnson, one of the best of all time in their short history after they came back from you know, Tennessee. But anyway, so that's a real good question, but it's, it's going to take them winning the championship. Well, just remember, if the Texans beat the Jags, uh, they will have been in the playoffs. Well, they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. They will have, I think, this will be their fifth division title in this decade. Right. Um, th- that you can laugh at. Oh, it's the AFC South. They stink. What you know? Blah blah blah. <laughs> th- th- that's the excuse for not to care about that. But there are three other teams that you know are trying to win the, their divisions too. Their their organizations they want to win. 
Nobody criticizes the Patriots for winning every year when their three division opponents stink right. and have stunk for years right. now and for this entire for this entire decade for sure. I mean, the Jets had a little bit of a deal uh, the end of the last decade where they won won a, or got to a, a couple of conference championship games. But I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the Texans have DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. This guy is the best receiver in the NFL right yes. now. I mean, I, I don't want to even debate that at this point. I mean, he catches everything. The guy hasn't dropped the pass this season. Right. You know, it's just, it, it's, that is, it's ridiculous what he does on a weekly basis. And even when there are catches that he makes that aren't uh, allowed because of a penalty, you're right. still going, well, that, that still might be one of the great catches I've ever seen. Forget right. about the fact that it didn't count. Right. So, and, and, and JJ Watt, I mean, er, early this decade, the, you know, until he had the injuries, I mean, I've been watching football for over 40 years. You know, I've been watching since I was five years old or whatever. Yes, sir. That guy is the most electric and dominating defensive player that I've – I mean, I watched Lawrence Taylor, and I think J.J. Watt, when he was at his peak, is at least equal to Lawrence Taylor. If not – those two guys are the conversation to me of the best defensive players in the last 40 to 50 years. Mm. And and he – not only was he doing it on offense, he was catching touchdowns as a tight end, <laughs> tiptoeing in the back of the end zone. Right. And he was, you know, inter- as a defensive lineman, he would reach out of the, you know, grab a, a football out of the air, going 100 zillion miles an hour at him that was thrown about five feet from him, grab it and run it back for an 80 yard touchdown. I mean, who else does that? Right. There's nobody <laughs> in football history that's done stuff like that. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Like, I know it was a couple of years ago, J.J. got, you know, that touchdown. Then he had a few sacks. I'm like, this guy does it both ways. Not just defensively, like you said. He's doing it both ways. And I think, to your point, that's very underrated. But for those who really know the game and understand the game, it's nothing but, you know, just nothing but respect. And we need more people to bring that type of impact to the game on both sides. And I do got one thing to say to uh, what you was talking about when it came to DeAndre Hopkins. Before the season started, remember he was saying, why isn't his name amongst the conversation when it comes to top wide receivers? And look at him now. So I'm glad he had to put himself out there because to your point, whether it's the media, but he – felt and he still I'm sure believes he's not getting the recognition that he deserves so I'm excited for him that he had the confidence in himself to like yo look at me this year and now he's he he spoke up for himself and now his actions definitely speaking louder than his words and him and JJ you know I, I watch those guys their entire career they they don't come out of football games I mean, they, they don't take breaks. Uh, they play every snap. I mean, it's ridiculous. And those guys, to do that, the type of shape, to to do that and to still be making plays out there right. when you're out there all the time, right. you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, those guys work as hard as any NFL player we've ever seen. And, and they're extraordinary to watch. And not only that, the stuff that they do off the field and beyond, you know, it, it's it's fantastic uh deandre hopkins i thought it was really cool what he did this summer getting the 
uh, kids over at Miller Outdoor Theater and he was running sprints up the hill with them and working uh-huh. out with them and stuff like that. But, you know, J.J. Watt, I mean, you know, that guy is, you know, he's on some other level. <laughs> and, and and I, I almost have to laugh because there, there, there is this conversation. Well, J.J. Watt, he's just doing all this. He's just doing all this stuff because he wants this attention. If everybody in the world did this just because they wanted attention, raised $37 million, went to see this kid in the hospital, that kid in the hospital, right. uh, went, went, did this thing and that thing and tried to help this person and that person. I mean, what a world we would live in if right. everybody just, if, if, if they just did it for the attention. I mean, but I, I you know, I think this is who he is. I mean, I, I think the reason why he puts his stuff out there as much as he does you know, and, and we live in this era where, you know, there you are capable of that. And that's the thing. But the reason I think he does what he does is he wants other kids to follow that path. And and that's what he wants to do. He wants to set an example. And, and can you ask for anything more from a from an athlete than what he's given you right. over his time here? And, you know, it, it it's just a privilege, I feel like, to get to watch Watt and DeAndre Hopkins and, and now Deshaun Watson as well. But to watch those guys every single game and to see the type of things that they can do because you know you just you watch them and you never know what's going to happen when you're going to see that play that man I've never seen a catch like that I've never seen Deshaun Watson against the Eagles like 14 guys had a chance to tackle him in the backfield and he gets out of it and makes the throw I mean J.J. Watt uh, he hasn't had that that type of play this year as much but you know we, we saw what he did those first few years in the NFL and, and it, it's just there there was play after play that just left you uh, shaking your head and just you were just so excited jumping up and down at home like this guy is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, sir. I agree. And the last thing I have for you and like you said, we have the city of Houston have the MVP in James Harden still putting up points, probably leading the league in scoring and assists right now or in the top three for sure in both categories. Where do you see the Rockets? Now there's almost, uh, you know, I say a good third of the season. Where do you see the Rockets going into uh, um, the playoffs as far as the seeding? It's going to be extremely difficult. I mean, the West is is crazy this year because there's maybe one team that you feel like, well, that's a gimme win. And the rest of the teams right now, uh, you feel like it's a dogfight every time you go up against any of those teams in the West. The East have, you know, they've got more of maybe four or five teams that you feel like, oh, I can win this game. This is an easy one. But the West is, it, it's so hard. And the Rockets... Uh, they just don't have the momentum yet. They, they're starting to get it. They won seven out of eight, but you know they're not winning like they did last year. They would jump on teams early and just uh, stay on them and have these runs at times during the games where they would knock off 10, 20 straight like it was nothing. And you know without Chris Paul uh, on a regular basis, it's going to be difficult because last year it seemed like they could handle things without Chris Paul, but this year... It just hasn't been quite the same. They haven't been able to put it together like they were. Um, but the deal is, you know, Chris Paul, you're paying him four years, forty close to $40 million a year over the next four years. You know, the concern is that this is what it's going to be like. But I can't imagine a competitor like Chris Paul saying, 
you know, I'm going to just every year this is going to happen. I'm going to have hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss 20 to 40 games. And I'm going to keep doing this for three to four years. He's going to quit right. before he does that. He's right. too much of a competitor. You know, he doesn't. I, I can't see that guy wanting to be the anchor of a franchise for three to four years right. and, 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 and deal with all that stuff. So either he gets the hamstring stuff straightened out somehow, some way over the next year or two, or I think that's the end of it. But the Rockets can't win a championship without him. They need him to get healthy this year. Uh, I don't know uh, what's going to happen, but right now, Chris Paul has had difficulty over the last few years getting through a playoff with his hamstrings. So, you know, if, if you can afford it, the Rockets have to sit him as long as possible, get him as healthy as possible going into the playoffs. And, you know, it, it's kind of going to be a, a win and get in and, and just try to figure out a way to, to, to beat the other teams because I don't feel like there are all of these great teams in the West, but they're all just really, really good. And I don't know about you, but, you know, everybody says, oh, well, Golden State will be Golden State. They'll be fine in the playoffs. Um, the, the, the idea that you can just rely on kicking it up a gear automatically, um, you know, even last year, I thought they were just playing a whole lot better consistently. They don't look like the same team. And, and I think everybody's just wants to ignore their record right now, but I'm starting to feel like, Hey, this, this team's got some, some concerns and, and Mm -hmm. the Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, if something goes wrong. It, it's not going to take long for those two guys to unravel because they, they obviously don't like each other that much and, there, and there's issues with it. And and I also find it real funny. I don't know about you. I just I get a kick out of it because Draymond was the one that, you know, he was the guy that said, yeah, leave your re- situation that you're in right now and come over here <laughs> and, and be a traitor to Oklahoma City and everything that you built over there. And then when Kevin Durant started, you know, making eyes at other teams, he was like, "Well, wait, you can't do that." I mean, it's like it's like the the husband that like got his wife cuz uh, she was cheating on her past husband and then gets pissed off cuz she's, you know, starting to mm-hmm. make eyes at the guy across the mm-hmm. table. I mean, you, what do you what do you think of That's that? real. I like that. That's a very good analogy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Again, I can't argue that. I think they 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 got what they intended to do. Won a couple of championships. Now it's time to you know, part ways. So I agree. I definitely agree. I don't know where KD's going to go. Might go to LA. Might go to Washington. Might go to New York. I don't know. Might go back to OKC. I don't know. I have no idea. And James Harden's got to figure out a way to do it when it counts in the playoffs on a consistent basis. I mean, he 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 has his great games, but then you know there are times where the hero ball that he likes to play the one on five basketball <laughs> it's not going to work against teams yeah and and that and and to me everybody's wants to you know you might want to blame the coach if you're a big James Harden fan but James Harden's a smart guy and and you know if if he thinks that that's not working it's as simple as okay let's not do this and the coach is going to go along cuz coaches they're not really in charge of these teams they're they're managers and and they they do what they can to convince guys but in the end it's about what the superstars want to do. Right. And and James Harden has got to figure out a way against Golden State and that and it's been an issue with Golden State every time he's faced him in the playoffs they know what to do against uh that type of stuff and what he does and they know how to bring multiple guys on there and make it very very difficult for him and he hasn't figured it out yet and and if he wants to be a champion he's got to figure it out. He's got to 
He's got to figure out how to uh, use his offense and the tools that he has against teams that are totally and completely focused on him. And it works in the regular season uh, when teams can't prepare for you over seven games. It works against inferior competition. But when you're going up against great defensive teams in the playoffs, it starts not to work. And that that's the problem with James Harden. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a great player, but, you know, I want to see consistent focus on both ends of the, uh, on both ends of the court from him. And I also want to see that. And, and, you, and he also, you know, part of it is uh, in the playoffs and in the regular season, don't throw the ball away. Just, you know, don't treat the ball like it's not important. <laughs> right. You know that. And, and people say, well, you know, he's not as bad defensively. No, he was back to being crappy defensively earlier this year. Now that he's cranked everything up over the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see the Harden that we saw last year that was a little bit more focused. Right. There are times where he's still, I still find him extremely frustrating because I'm like, just just stay in front of that guy. I mean, if right. you've got the if you've got the lateral quickness to, to get around anybody uh, on the offensive end, you can have the lateral quickness to keep a guy in front of you. I mean, you're you've got the athletic ability to do that. And sometimes you just feel like he doesn't want to get down in his stance. He doesn't want to, you know, put forth the effort. And 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 I I don't. Uh, I don't believe in this idea that oh he did, you can't have the energy to do it on both ends because uh, I've got you know twenty years of memories of Michael Jordan and you can <laughs> can't argue that. So the last question I have: Houston Rockets they brought in a first ballot Hall of Famer. Some might argue that um, he's without a job and Mr. Mello Carmelo Anthony. What do you think went wrong, and what do you see? Uh, what's next for him? Well, what what went wrong is I think what everybody thought was going to go wrong. He 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 wasn't playing well on defense. It was it was bad. Uh, I mean, th- the thing was, I think teams were scoring with him, scoring against him, nearly every single time they got within five feet of the basket. I mean, it it, it was a layup drill. And that was as big a problem as anything. I mean, his perimeter defense um, wasn't that great. But, you know, he's a guy that I think the Rockets thought, we're going to play him at the four and the five, and he's going to have to do more maybe inside where he, you know, his quickness and his lateral ability that's been lost isn't such a disadvantage. But um, the other thing about Carmelo Anthony is that spot-up jump shooter that they were hoping – they could sort of revitalize just didn't happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if there was more to it. Maybe they wanted to back off of his minutes. And he said, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to play here unless I'm getting 30 minutes a game. And they said, well, you're you're not a 30 minute a game player. And that might've been the conversation behind the scenes, but I don't know how they could have been surprised about it. I mean, I, I just, I've never been a Carmelo Anthony fan, but I thought it was worth the risk at $2 million to bring him in. I, I don't think that's, that was, you know, that's a problem. I, I, I just think uh, Daryl Morey made a lot of mistakes uh, this offseason as far as, you know, if you're going to let Ariza and Bamute go and you could make an argument that it was time to let both of those go because Ariza was getting old and Mbamute had the shoulder issues, you've got to find a couple of guys that are going to pick up the slack there. And you have a team that has a uh, long history of it injuries you're worried about chris paul um nene eric gordon those guys always get hurt and they just didn't seem prepared they didn't have somebody else 
to help Nene out as a backup that was a veteran. You were depending on Isaiah Hartenstein. They didn't have uh, anybody if, if an Eric Gordon went down or a Chris Paul went down that was ready to step in and take up the slack and do some of the things that they could do. Um, so, you know, that, that's that been the issue with the Rockets and that early season uh, ish, that early season stuff is, you know, that, that, that matters in the long term. Last year, you get off to a great teams that get off to a great start. Um, it, it means a lot because you're not fighting all year long to get back into it. And then once you get in the playoffs, you're out of gas. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mr. Land, Robert, host. Hey, brother, I appreciate you, man. You, you definitely gave some good perspectives. And if before you leave, for those listeners out there, if you can let them know where to find you, how to find you, and where your podcast can be heard, you got the floor. Yeah, Houston Sports Talk. Uh, we're uh, on iTunes. We're on TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, all, all three, all, both of my podcasts, both Houston Sports Talk and Locked On Texans. Uh, you can also get Houston Sports Talk on the Google Podcast app. Uh, Locked on Texans, you can get that on Spotify, uh, which is really cool. And, you know, a lot of people this holiday season, you might have gotten one of those smart speakers and you could just say, uh, play the Locked on Texans podcast or play Houston Sports Talk like you're in the kitchen making food or something like that. You, you just want some uh, Houston sports conversation. It's It's real easy to do. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be fun because the Texans are going to be in the playoffs here in a little bit and the Rockets, you know, they're going to be fun this year, whether they make the playoffs or not. Cause you have James Harden, as long as right. you got James Harden, uh, you know, you never know what he's going to do. You never know when he's going to pull out a, a 50, 60 point effort, 50, 60 triple double. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, the numbers that he, he puts up and, and he makes it look so easy. You just kind of go, geez, I mean, uh, th- th- how, how can a guy have had 50? How did he get 50 so quick? You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's amazing, but and we also, you know, on on both the shows, it's not just me like rattling on like you're hearing right now. But we oh, got no, you could. <laughs> we got great guests. We got great guests on, on those shows that come on with us. Uh, uh, Greg Lucas, the former Astros and Rockets broadcaster, comes on Houston Sports Talk on a regular basis. We just had Jeremy Branham on the Houston Cougars uh, voice and the basketball team. You know, that's another thing that's going on in Houston quietly that. Maybe people aren't recognizing, but top 25 undefeated. Right. And they're fun to watch now. And, and so, uh, you know, we, we got a great guest on the Lockdown Network as well. We got our, our Lockdown podcast host from the other network. So they give you the inside from the other team, which is really cool. But, uh, yeah, come join the party. We'd love to have you. Listeners, world, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you support. And for those first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's DMurf. You can email me, It's DMurf at Yahoo.com. You can find the show on most platforms, including iHeartRadio as well as Spotify. Hey, y'all, like Robert said, enjoy the holidays, and we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. For now, I am Cole Johnson of Cole Sports, and this has been your Why Not Sports Short. This has been a special report from Why Not Sports. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress.